Welcome to Tech Vets the Podcast, and we are joined today by Sam O'Donnell from Net Company. Welcome, Sam. Thank you, Meredith. So, Sam, I hear that you have just returned from completing some quite interesting work. Yeah, so uh, I kind of took a bit of a, a, a career break. Um, some mobilization papers came through um, the door for me as a reservist. Um, and I've just spent the last sort of nine, ten months um, training uh, Ukrainians in the UK. So when did you leave the military and how long have you been a reservist? So I've always been a reservist. So um, I joined the reserves when I was 18. Yeah, I, I joined... I was going to join the regular army, uh, but I got into college um, and fell into a job and it just kind of stayed from there. Um, I still wanted to do um, some sort of military service, so I joined the um, army reserves instead. What specialism did you go into within the reservists? So I started off um, in Royal Signals, but under Armed Forces 2020 restructuring, um, the unit was disbanded. Um, around 2009, 2010. Um, so I actually ended up transferring to uh, Royal Logistics Corps uh, based in Manchester, um, reserve unit, um, where I did driver training, um, became, a, became a driver, something completely different from my normal day-to-day job. And what is your normal day-to-day job? So um, I currently am uh, a Microsoft 365 specialist, um, especially around Teams and sort of modern communications. Um, sort of thing. So I spent a lot of time in front of my desk during Monday to Friday and then weekend out and about in the field, driving trucks or um, on the ranges, taking part in exercises. So how did you get into working with Microsoft Systems? What did you do at college? So I did an IT management course um, at college and truth be told, I was it was only to kind of please my mum at the time. Um, I wanted to join the army at 16, um, to which my mum said, no, um, you're going to go to college first. Um, so I went to college, kind of looked for the shortest, quickest course that I could do um, with the grades from school that I got. Um, and it was an IT course. Um, I had some interesting computers um, and IT, nothing spectacular um but i actually really enjoyed the course and i kind of landed my first it job um while i was at college um and it just kind of grew from there so have you always worked on microsoft systems or is that something that you recently retrained in yeah so um i was very much more um on-premise infrastructure um kind of thing so servers specifically around microsoft exchange so email related servers and skype for business or link as it was um back then and as technology has evolved um it's gone more cloud focused um so wasn't really until i came to net company um just over four years ago that i focused more in the cloud sort of technologies rather than the on-premise infrastructure kind of things what made you join that company so um i was a contractor self-employed for um, a few years and the market was kind of drying up um in the area that i wanted to to work and i I could have traveled if i wanted to Um, i moved to other roles um but i just had my first child with my wife and um she'd have not liked it if i was away from home sort of monday to friday um so I was kind of looking for something a bit close to home and uh, the opportunity 
uh, came about. Um, one of the um, in-house talent acquisition um, recruiters phoned me and just said, we've got this role. Would you be interested in having the chat? Um, so that, that's how it kind of started. And during your time with Net Company, have you had much opportunity to upskill or develop your existing skill set? You kind of have to in this modern world of IT. Um, Microsoft used the term evergreen, which is kind of everything's green all the time, everything's new. So there's constant changes, constant adoption required. So you kind of have to be um, up to date and keep yourself up to date um, with that um, technology as it, as it goes along. Because if you don't, then you're going to get left behind and you're not really effective in, in, in what you do. When you got the signal that you were going to be mobilised, were you worried at all about how your employer net company would respond? Initially, yes, um, but they'd always been supportive of my reserve time um, anyway. So they knew I was a reservist. They, they, they'd had, um, you know, I was, in, I was entitled to certain leave allowances as well. So they knew I was a reservist. They knew I was quite um, keen. And when that opportunity um, landed for the letterbox, um, I, I was a bit like, right, okay, this is this is going to happen. Um, first port of call was to one of the partners, and I said, look, this is this is what's going to happen. Um, this is this is you're going to receive a letter. I've got a letter, um, and they basically said, I said, right, fine, okay, we'll support you. That's amazing. So how long were you out of the workplace for? So I left sort of March, uh, end of March um, last year, and I only recently returned to work sort of um, 22nd of, of January. So um, sometime, um, you know, doing the job we were doing, it was quite full on. There wasn't much time to take leave. So come Christmas when we'd finished, it was a nice little chunk of leave to, to use at the end. And how do you feel your reserve service helps with your day job? I, I don't know, really. Um, I mean, I am quite used to um, having the confidence to sit there and, and speak to people, uh, speak to people that are at C-level um, and other technical sort of architects and, and, and things like that. And I think maybe sort of my experiences um, – as an instructor doing various training courses through the military has kind of given me some of that um, positive sort of attitude, some of that experience and and the ability and confidence to stand there and, and, and have those conversations. When you went back into the office after finishing, you know, nearly a year off, off work, what was the response of your colleagues? I kind of went back um, because I finished just before Christmas. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make it to the company Christmas party, which was a shame. Um, but I know there was a few of my colleagues that were going out for a couple of drinks um, sort of the week after, sort of the week before Christmas, um, but the week after I'd finished. So uh, I kind of went over over to the office, over to Leeds, and just had a, had a good catch-up with them as opposed to doing it on the first formal work day, if that makes sense. So um, it was good to see. It was good to catch up. Um, you know, they were just as interested as what I was doing, and I was interested in what happened over the last sort of 10 months in the office, trying to catch up on office gossip, if you will. Do you think within that short space of, well, relatively short space of time in the grand scheme of things, has had any tech changed within the company? Did you have to kind of get back up to speed again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
yeah, I had every interest while I was away to keep looking um, and, and reading up on things, but that never happened. Um, so when I came back, there was all sorts of things that had changed. So, um, for example, Active Directory and uh, Azure Active Directory changed name and licensing models had changed. So it was just all little things of just getting back into um, different terminologies, different um, understanding of, of what, what allows you to do what with certain licenses and and all that kind of thing so it was a bit of time to try and catch up on that and um some of my microsoft certifications were up for renewal so again it was a good opportunity just to read up and, and go through and understand some of the changes and, and redo those certifications have you inspired any of your colleagues to join the reserves do you think i'd probably say no i mean they're, they're, they're all been very keen on what I've what I've done, but a lot of them do like the the, the warm from comfort of their desk sometimes. Um, you know, I, I I've started at very um I say I started doing reserves when I was eighteen, so it was like kind of straight and straight into it and um you know relatively young. Um so most of my colleagues probably wouldn't consider it. Um there might be one or two of the younger colleagues maybe um but again it's not everyone's cup of tea so were you doing a tech kind of role in your reservist job or was it more on the logistics side so normally what my um role would be would be logistics focused um however i was actually deployed as a um, section commander for a training team so i was actually involved in a lot of the training um of uh, the ukrainians so literally doing delivering infantry basic skills um over a five-week course um where you know it's everything from how to live in the field all the way up to life fire tactical training at the end of that so um it's quite a wide syllabus and um yeah i needed to get qualifications and learn some things myself um but it was completely different to what my reserve role was um so different but yeah well worth it what was it like working were you working with um, Ukrainian soldiers who had already been fighting or were you working with ones that were being pre prepared to fight? It depends what region they came from. There, there were some people who had come from um, areas that had been heavily uh, involved in the conflict, some not so much. So depending on where they come from, you had kind of had a different mentality and different attitude towards um, the conflict. How did you feel before you started that mobilization about working with people who are then going to go back and and fight for real um what were the emotions that were kind of going through you from the kind of start mid to end of of that mobilization at the beginning it was exciting um you know it was the, it was kind of the unknown sort of excitement um it wasn't just working with the Ukrainians, it was working with other reservists, working with um, foreign um, teams as well. So it wasn't just um, British teams, we were working with other nationalities as well. Um, so it was kind of exciting to begin with. Um, nervous once we got into the actual training role, just before it started, it was kind of like, right, this is, this is you know, we're expecting our first group of, of trainees coming through. Um, so not quite sure what to expect. I mean, we, we had heard some horror stories from the, the other training units over the last sort of 12 months. So it was kind of what, what we're going to get, what do we expect? You know, what, what's their level of, um, 
their attitude going to be? Do they want to be here? Are they forced to be here? Um, sort of thing. So it was it was kind of a different um, range of feelings, to be honest. How do you feel now, having completed that mobilisation? So as long as my wife doesn't hear this, I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I I, um, I really enjoyed doing the job. Um, you know interacting with with the ukrainians and um getting to know them as well um yeah it has its um that itself has its own um unique um feelings the you know some aren't with us anymore um some are and you know we do get messages um occasionally from people so um yeah again mix of emotions um but i really enjoyed doing it if the time came round again where you were asked to mobilise again, would you? Again, depends if my wife's going to hear this or not. Um, I would. Uh, if if the opportunity came up to do the same role again, then yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, watching um, civilians effectively come through, get an initial kit issue, and then leaving after five weeks, five and a bit weeks, having achieved, you know live fire tactical training from you know all the way up to pairs fire maneuver and, and fire teams it was just um quite rewarding to watch so it, it would i would do that again if the opportunity um did come up do you do you feel proud of, of what you've achieved absolutely it's, absolutely it's very commendable to kind of I know that you know mobilization comes around and you don't you don't necessarily have much choice in whether you um do what you're told to do but um I think kind of the fact that you went away and did that and then have have come back to net company and have this I mean it must have given you it must have changed your character to a degree was it the first mobilization that you've you'd ever done as a reservist yeah so it's my first first mobilization and do you think your character has changed? Um, I mean, I did have a bit of a um, a funny character before I left. You know, I, I, my my swearing is is something to um, you know not not be proud of on occasions, and and that's just probably the same now. Um, now I'm back, but it's it's kind of yeah, it's just unique. It was just something that that. Yeah, I'm just proud of doing. And my character has changed. Um, you know, I think living in a room with 10 blokes, um, with no wardrobes, no drawers, you know, your kits everywhere, you're working long hours, you get to know other people very well, um, to then having, you know, a king-size bed to yourself when you come home, you know, and, and the missus and, and the kids have gone to work and school and I'm sat there like, you know, but my own my own space it was so yeah it was just different when i finished so how did your wife and children respond to it to you being away and coming back it, it's always been a conversation with um with my wife um of something that i'd always wanted to do i'd, I'd always wanted to be mobilized or or have the opportunity to be mobilized um that said um i've got two young children one's seven and one's two um currently seven and two um and uh my eldest struggled a little bit 
emotionally uh, struggled. Um, my youngest, just cheeky and really didn't care. <laughs> but the oldest was more more emotional um, to the point where, you know, if I hadn't spoke to them in a couple of days because I might have been out in the exercise area, um, you know, you'd FaceTime him and he'd be in tears sort of thing. So it, it does kind of play on your emotions a little bit being away from home. Um, I think being based in the UK at the time probably was helpful. Um, you know, again, there was opportunities to to have quick quick breaks, um, you know, to go home and back again. So, um, yeah, I, I think if the opportunity to mobilise again, then I think I'd, I'd hopefully assume the kids will be a bit older and, and understand it a bit better. And do you find going back to work now mundane or is it, just different do you crave the the pace of life that it was when you were mobilized how have you managed that transition because i guess it's like a lot of service leavers who go from the military to mm. say the civilian tech sector it's a completely different environment yeah i mean working pretty much six days a week um and then sort of solid two-week chunks in between for the for the courses um that we were delivering it was just kind of um you know, very full on to start off with, you know, but you, once you got into the routine and, and, and things, you kind of got used to it. Um, but once kind of when I stopped, the, the the change of pace was like, what do I do now? Um, you know, I've, I've come home on leave. I mean, yeah, I, I, I did spend a couple of days in bed, you know, catching up on Netflix and things and, and just uh, chilling out. Um, but, um if I was to say it was mundane coming back to work, no, I, no, because I enjoyed what I was doing before, before I left. I think if I didn't enjoy it, um, and it was the reason why I was mobilised or I chose to mobilise or something along those lines, then you know I, I think I probably would find it mundane. But I don't, um, you know, I, I enjoyed my job. I enjoy my job that I'm doing, and I enjoy my reserve time. And what is it that Net Company actually do? It's going to put me under pressure now, isn't it? Um, so the company are themselves kind of more involved into digital digital transformation, so more um, application development and processes and stuff like that. The area that I work on is more um, infrastructure sort of focused around Microsoft 365, Azure, infrastructure as a service, cloud-based technologies. For anyone who's watching this and they want to get into a company like Net Company or get into the tech sector, I think lots of people will listen to your experience and say, yeah, well, he went to college, he's got all these years, of course he's going to end up where he's ended up. But what would you be your top tips to, say, a service leaver or a um, service partner who wanted to try and um, emulate your career path or where you are now? Places like, like LinkedIn and online forums are a great place to start. I mean, they can put you into sort of areas where you can deliver, develop an interest. So depending on what your uh, interest is, um, you know, if you want to go down cloud infrastructure and stuff like that, you can look at sort of joining those online communities. I mean, TechVets has got some great stuff online as well. So I think there's a Discord server and all that kind of stuff where you can join and get all the community information on there. Um, but depending on what area and expertise you want to go into, there's obviously different different things that you can learn. I mean. 
if you're going to focus on Microsoft technologies, you, you'd want to look at sort of the fundamentals sort of training that Microsoft has online, which is which is free. Um, you can go and do an exam as well. Um, again, that's something that um, we offer through Net Company through TechVets. Um, some of the foundation fundamentals training um, as well. So you can do these fundamental stuff, and you might think, well, that's not for me. But there's something else that tweaks your your interest. You can always look at that as well. The training that's provided to TechVets members from Net Company, how does that work? So it's done by um, Microsoft certified trainers. So um, myself and there's uh, about five of us within Net Company which are certified trainers. So we have access to the latest training material from Microsoft. And uh, it's organized through TechVets um, and it's a basically online training session. Um, so the fundamentals ones are normally about a day long. Um, it's training um, where we give you a, a, a link. Um, you join the link on a Teams course. You can join over the over the internet, and it's you don't need any special sort of skills to be able to do that. Um, and you can like, take part in in the training. Some of it is the Azure fundamentals, which is like what is Azure, how it all works together. You've got some of the Microsoft fundamentals where you learn about the different types of technologies within Microsoft, and it all just basically comes down to things little little bits of um information that we share to get you into the right information uh, the right to give you the right information to start that that base layer journey and again make for you to make a decision whether or not that part's for you or for not and what does that once people have done those courses what does that set them up to go and do again the, the fundamentals gives, kind of gives you the overall picture of a certain technology so the the example that the ms 900 exam gives you sort of the fundamentals overview of the whole microsoft 365 um technologies that are available so you could then decide that uh, you want to focus more on microsoft teams so there are more exams for you to follow more more training path for you to go down if you say focus on the azure fundamentals then you'd be looking at azure um you know, infrastructure as a service cloud-based ai all that kind of stuff that can be um gives you the very basics for you to then build on and decide which path you want to go down. So do you think people could realistically start applying for jobs once they've got those courses? Or would it be a case of going and get more experience on top of those courses once they've done them? I think as with any sort of job that you, you apply for, you've got to have the positive attitude um, around it. Um, I mean, you can't just turn up with a certificate and go, oh, I've learned this, uh, put me in this high paid role. It doesn't necessarily work that way. You've got to kind of have that experience to back it up. Um, but it is a you know great place to start. I mean, you could find yourself working in a, in a small little ops and support team with these certifications, and that will be your, your foot in the door where you can easily develop and grow. Looking at that kind of building experience part, because it is a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? You can't get the, the foot in the door before you've got the experience, you've got the experience. Um, how would you recommend people look or make the connections to get that experience that's going to get them that first job? Um, it's quite a difficult one for me to answer because I was I was very lucky in the way that my uh, my experience sort of came about. I mean, I I like started at college um, straight from school um, and kind of fell into my first IT role working in a secondary school delivering IT, um, basically working as an IT engineer. Gained a lot of experience like that. 
um, that way, sort of the core understanding and basics. And then I went to go and work for a um, small managed service provider where I got to work with loads of different technologies in different um, environments and different types of clients. So I kind of gained experience that way. Um, I then went and got a job working for enterprise sort of sizes organizations and global um, infrastructure. So again, there's kind of different levels of, of experience that you can gain. Uh, I mean, again, it all depends on the technology area you want to move into as to how you would gain that kind of level of experience. Um, but what I would say is that everyone takes experience differently. Um, you've still got to have that positive sort of experience and, and understanding of what you want to achieve in order to get to that point. And when you look at where you are at the moment in your career, um, from a Microsoft perspective, what, what new bits and pieces can you see on the horizon that are going to be implemented in the workplace? The area that I kind of specialise in is around sort of Microsoft Teams and voice um, and meeting and collaboration. So that's kind of the areas I work in. Seeing what um, AI brings to the table for voice and for meeting insights and how people deal with information that's discussed over meetings, um, that's exciting. Um, listening to how um, AI will decide, you know, you, you said this during a meeting, but you've here's a reminder to say that you were going to do that and you know and you've not made any notes that's just ai going well you said you're going to do that this is what you need to do so yeah it, that's that's kind of interesting to understand how that's going to work and how that grows and ai is a technology across the board um you know how that's going to grow in the future is is quite looks quite good do you think it will ever have the ability well, I think that's a stupid question to start with. Do you think it will ever? Of course it will at some stage. But can you see Microsoft Teams bringing in sentiment analysis and tone analytics so that it can, when it's listening to meetings, it can kind of give you an overview of the emotions almost of the people that are in those Teams calls? Um, probably not Teams out of the box. I think any sort of companies, so we work with other companies, um, that that produce and develop sort of AI based voice um, software recognition software access so meeting insights for one, you know it can it can kind of hint understand what you're saying so and how you're saying it so just by reading a paragraph it knows it's a paragraph it knows it's a sentence it knows if you took a pause of breath it, it's quite it kind of picks up sort of that human element of a conversation. Um, is it going to be, you know, some sort of Skynet technology that takes over the world? Probably not in the near future. Um, but again, it could be very scary to what it can achieve um, in the future. Um, you know, things like chatbots, for example. Um, you know, you chat to, you know, you want to cancel your Sky subscription or whatever, and you end up chatting to a Sky, you know, to a bot on their website, and and the initial part of that is, you know a predefined set of answers, which is what AI is developed into. So, you know, it could just be something you use every sim single day um, for a simple sort of task. Um, you know, it's going to grow. Does any of the emerging technology that you're aware of concern you? Um, so, 
yes and no not not particularly in my area but if you look at technology as a whole and, and you've only got to look at the conflicts that are going on around uh currently and you know the use of drones um for example and how people have developed drones from off-the-shelf things used programmers and uh, developers to um change how the drones work um you know you, you've, you see drone footage um, of someone's bought a yeah, three hundred pound drone off the shelf um, from from PC World, and they've they've modified it, they've they've changed the application on there, and they can now pick out um, you know, using some sort of AI or programming, they can identify uh, friendly and, and enemy troops. So it's quite quite clever um, in how that's going to happen. So you know, it's only going to be a matter of time before. It starts doing that itself. You know, AI takes its takes its uh, step forward. And do you think it will um, put people like you who manage Teams and Microsoft programs out of work? Do you think you're replaceable? Um, everyone's replaceable, right? So I think, as I said previously, you've kind of I started off on an on-premise physical infrastructure environment and. Over the years, I've been in IT, and uh, you know you've got to evolve. So, you know, and at the minute, it's it you know is evergreen. It's constantly changing. So, as a as a you know as a techie, really, you've got to keep with that. You've got to evolve, um, otherwise, you will find yourself left behind. And you know, probably not replaceable, but probably a bit more um, behind the curve, and someone else could could take the take the lead. I think that's a really good point to. To wrap up on is uh, is the importance of being able to evolve, whether it's in your role or alongside technology. But I guess also adapting to if you get mobilisation papers through the door and yeah, yeah. your life. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. It's no fascinating to speak to you, and also um, quite an honour. I'm I'm kind of thank you bamboozled by what you've what you've done over the last year. Um, in support of the, the efforts in helping Ukraine. So thank you. Thank very you. Much.